0: On the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment. And uh, when I go to the scripture, I'm going to be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, and Mark 12. And these two uh, stories connect, they correlate together. And we're going to read this story about the greatest commandment. And uh, as you turn there in your Bibles, uh, I, I all, I'm always amazed at um, the wisdom of Jesus and how he dealt with certain situations. Uh, of course, we shouldn't be surprised because he is God in flesh, and he is the Almighty. Um, he knows so much more than we do, of course. He knows all things. There's nothing that he doesn't know. So as we look at these, um, these scriptures, we're going to find that, that we want to know what the greatest commandment is in order for us to be able to live the way God wants us to live. And in the wisdom of the Lord, uh, I know that the question was asked, what is the great commandment? And it was asked in a manner that was trying to trip him up or get him to say something that would turn people against him because people were following Jesus. So as we read this, this, uh, these verses in Matthew 22 and 12, and as we read through this, I want us to think here tonight about uh, our own lives and also many people. Everyone, of course, is looking for... What is the greatest in things, and there's nothing wrong with that. We want to find out what is great, what is the greatest thing? Um, I know that there are times that um, uh, we're, we're trying to make decisions or we're trying to maybe buy something, a product, maybe make a uh, a decision on purchasing something that's very, very important, and um, when we pray about it. We're asking the Lord, God, what is the greatest thing to do here? What is the greatest thing to purchase, whatever it is? So everyone is looking for what's the greatest thing in life. And um, of course, we know that the disciples also uh, said to the Lord, which kind of shows their humanity and shows kind of our humanity. Uh, Disciples wanted to know who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And uh, the Lord explained that to them. But their pursuit of trying to find the greatest uh, has been a human desire uh, in all of our lives. So when we read this scripture, that question was asked, what is the greatest? Matthew 22, 35 through 40, it says, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question. Now... I do know that lawyers can ask some loaded questions at times. In fact, some of you can ask loaded questions at times. That's the reason why I always ask, and maybe I've said this to you. You say, can I ask a question? I usually say, is it an easy question? Because I like easy questions. I like to be able to give an answer. If I don't know the answer, of course, we'll find the answer, and we'll find it in the Word of God. But a lawyer was the one that asked. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question. And then it spells out the motive here. It says, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Of course, this being a Pharisee or Sadducee, whatever he was, um, he was going back to the law of the Old Testament. That's the way Israel lived their lives. They lived according to the law and following the law of the Old Testament. And it was very rigid, very rigid laws that they had to abide by. So he was tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This, in verse 38, is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, if you can skip over to the book of Mark, chapter 12, uh, similar scriptures, similar story here. And, of course, this says, doesn't say he was a lawyer, but that covers it in the other book. But this says one of the scribes. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Verse 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all all thy strength. This is the first commandment that's tied together in uh, loving God. And, of course, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And that was the first commandment. Then 31, verse 31, and the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, thou art not far from the kingdom of God and no man after that durst ask him any question. So you can see here in the wisdom of Jesus of how that he Answered these questions, just like many questions that that a lot of the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees were trying to trick Jesus into answering it in a way that they could turn on him and say, "You don't believe the law of God. You don't. uh, You know, you're, you're you're blasphemous against the laws of God," which really they didn't recognize that he is God in flesh. So we find here that there, there is a very important understanding of even included in the first great commandment of loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but an understanding of the oneness of God, that it is a part of the great commandment to understand who he is. A lot of times people will say, well, it's not necessary to understand that and believe that. No. No. It is important because the greatest commandments um, in the laws of God includes that in that scripture. It's very, very important. And the reason why I say that is because if you're going to love the Lord with all of your heart, all your understanding, all your soul, all your strength, if you're going to love him, anytime you love somebody you're going to want to find out more about them you're going to desire more understanding about their love their motives their feelings what they like what they don't like and we do know that if we obey the commandments of the Lord uh, that we're going to please him there's other scriptures we'll read here shortly which will tie in the commandments of God with the love of God. You see, Jesus wouldn't have included that understanding of who he is without, uh, he wouldn't have included that if it wasn't important. And it is important. And this is a scripture uh, in the Old Testament that even Israel, he was tying this in with, with Israel and the scribe to get him to understand some things because this was a quotation of uh, Israel, uh, and they said these scriptures over and over again, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They continually said that. They kept it in front of their, their uh, understanding and, rem- and remembrance and in front of their children, and they proclaimed that. They even proclaimed that even yet today Israel does. So we find that when Jesus answered the question, he answered the question in such a wise way. He is all-knowing. He knew what The motive was. He knew what the scribe was trying to do, but yet in his wisdom in answering the question, uh, the scribe was trying to get Jesus to answer in a manner that some laws are above other laws. But he tied all all of the laws of God together in the great commandment, in loving the Lord, our God, with everything, and loving our neighbor as ourself. Now, I don't know too many people uh, that doesn't care about yourself. There's some people I know that they need to care a little bit more for themselves. Um, but a lot of times, I, I know we all might sometimes even say, well, I hate myself. I've heard people say that. And Maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe you don't like decisions you've made and things you've done in life. I do understand that. But yet, I know most people will get up, they'll comb their hair before they go outside. Not everybody. Some people will brush their teeth. Most people, hopefully everybody does that. Uh, We'll take baths, we'll take showers, we'll clean our clothes. Um, You know, we don't wear... Dirty socks fifteen times before we throw them in the washing machine. I hope nobody does it. Don't raise your hand if you do that um but for the most part, we do care about ourselves. I know we don't like to live in uncomfortable positions and things in life we you know we want a a a house to live on in that makes us comfortable. We want heating and cooling uh, in our home uh we we, we make provisions. If we don't have a heating cooling, we try to get a fan. We try to do everything we can to be comfortable because we care about ourselves. We care about our comfort. So it says here to love thy neighbor also as yourself. So really what the Lord is bringing forth here in the great commandments is an unselfish love an unselfish love, to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. It's, it's unselfish because that's the way Jesus was. He was very unselfish. He went to the cross. He didn't have to go to the cross and allow them to mock him and spit in his face and for them to uh, drive nails in his hands and in his feet, thrust a spear in his side, Uh, mock him at the foot of the cross, um, you know, uh, gamble for his clothes, um, put a crown of thorns on his head, and blood ran down into his eyes and beat him with whips. He didn't have to go through those things. He was God in flesh. He didn't have to do that. But it was an act of unselfishness on his part because he loved us. Matter of fact, the Bible even says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Matter of fact, he died for us before we were even born. He died for us before we were even known of. Before anybody even knew our name, he knew our name. Before we were even thought of, and even our parents were thought of, and our grandparents and our great-grandparents, and going on down the list, even before that, Christ died for us because he sees the future he saw our life in the future. And it was an act of unselfishness on his part to go to the cross and die for us. And if he hadn't have done that, we would not have any hope today. No hope. Thank the Lord for his sacrifice and thank the Lord for his unselfishness of giving of his life for us. We need him. We need him every day. And. Believe it or not, understanding that God is a God of all power, knowledge, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere, he is a God that has all power in heaven and on earth, understanding that, do you realize that he needs us also? Not that he doesn't have enough power that we can make up any of his power. No, he needs us because he loves us. We're his creation. He gave his life for us unselfishly. But here was asked the question, which is the first commandment of all? Here's somebody that was wanting to know the greatest with a motive to tempt him. And when he brought the answer across, it, even prof- it was very, spoken so wise and with so much wisdom, it was spoken in a manner that even amazed the scribe that even asked the question. As he answered uh, after Jesus spoke, he answered Jesus And said, You've said it right. And when Jesus heard the words of this man speak and respond to it, the Lord looked at him in a light that many people didn't look at him in. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any questions. He answered him discreetly and said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Let me say this here today. When we live our lives unselfishly like Jesus, we're not far from the kingdom of God. We're not far from it. We want to be close to God. We want to build a relationship with God. We want to, to, to walk in his ways and be pleasing to him because we love him and he loves us. But in this commandment, it was to show a question. They tested Jesus to see if he would show disregard or neglect for some area of the law of Moses so they could say, we got you, and try to drive people away because people were following him. People were amazed at the words that he taught. People were amazed at the miracles that came forth from his hands, or even the speaking of the word. Sometimes he didn't even have to lay hands upon him. He just told them, Take up thy bed and walk. They did it. They walked. There was a miracle. They were healed. He even said uh, to one, you know, you came asking for a miracle for your child. Go your way. It's happened already. When the man got got there, probably even before he got there, they said, "Uh, she's already healed. He's already healed. The Lord didn't even have to touch them. That was God. We understand that. We understand the power of God. We understand the workings of the power of God's presence, speaking of his word, the laying on of hands, the touch of God, even unusual ways where God healed, where he took Uh, Spit in dirt Made a ball Put it on the eyes The eyes were open Healed Jesus did some amazing things There was always a reason For everything that Jesus did Can I hear an amen? There's also a reason Why Jesus does things The way he does now Sometimes he, we pray a prayer and instantly it happens. There's a reason for that. There's times we pray and it takes a month for it to happen. There's a reason for that. God has a reason for it. There's times that we pray and it might take a year for it to happen. There's a reason for that. We've got to trust God's reasoning and have faith in his reasoning. But here they were trying to trip him up. They were trying to test him. And instead of promoting one command over another, Jesus defined the law in its essence. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself because these, these things that he said were the great commandment covers it all. It covers it all. The answer to our world today, to the problems of our, of our world, the problems of our country, The problems of our state, the problems of our community is we need to unify together as God's creation and realize the importance of every soul, every life, every heart. And when we unify and we love one another, it takes care of all of the problems and situations of this world. The world's trying to find answers today. It's in the Word of God. Amen? It's in the word of God, the answer to the problems of our world is for everybody to stop the hate and start loving people because we're all God's creation. We all have the miracle gift of God's breath in our, in our lungs. We all have the miracle of the beating of a heart today. We all have the, the blood of Of flowing through our veins that was a gift from God that brings forth life we are blessed but he covered it all in his wisdom love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself another part of this is and, and when we look at the thought of love the Lord your God and love your neighbors yourself is this, in this we see that God really wants, what God really wants from mankind is love. He really does want love. We can obey God without loving him. We can go through the motions and obey God without loving him. It's not the right thing to do, but we can go through the motions. But what God is wanting from mankind is love. We, we can obey God with, without loving him, but if we do love him, obedience, of course, will follow. You know, it's not hard to live for God when we love him with all of our heart. It's hard to live for God when we really don't love him enough. When we love ourselves more, when we love our flesh more, when we love the carnality more and sin more, it is hard to live for God It's impossible to live for God. They don't mix. It's like oil and water. They just don't mix. But when we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, it is not hard to live for God. It's not hard to come to the house of God and worship. It's not hard to lift up our voice in prayer and in praise and in worship to God. When you love God, you will do things that you you wouldn't normally do. It's like, love, you know, I remember when me and my uh, fiance, my wife now, was dating. I stayed up till two in the morning talking on a payphone in a dorm when everybody else was having a great time but I was having a great time talking to my love now if I didn't love her I would have been having fun in the dormitory of the college uh, throwing someone out in the outside locking the door I would have had fun uh, throwing somebody in the shower with their clothes on putting shampoo on their head telling them it's time to wash your hair I would, have, I would have did all the things that they were doing, uh, wrestling in a, in a room somewhere. I mean, I don't want to go through all the list of things that happened in a dorm, but I'm telling you here today, if I didn't love her, I would have got involved in all of the other things, which I loved her. Talk until 2 in the morning on a payphone. <laughs> that shows how long ago it was. A payphone. phone. Some of the tricksters in the, in the dorm, of course, you know, you put... The, <laughs> I'm thinking about this now. It's, it seems really strange, you know, putting coins in a... I had to go find some coins to put in the pay phone so I can call my, my, my sweetheart. And these pranksters would fill the coin return with shaving cream or something else. Such pranksters... But you see, when you love somebody, you do things that are out of the ordinary. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And it's the same thing with God. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're gonna do things that you wouldn't normally do that your flesh might say, well, let's do something different, and you say, no, I love God. The reason why I live for God is because I love God. It's not that I'm just trying to skip out on hell and the lake of fire, although that is a good reason to live for God in one sense, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond in the area of I'm living for God because I love him. I'm living for God and coming to the house of God because I want to be in his presence. I, I come to the house of God because I want to hear the word of God. I I, I want to know more about his desire. I want to know more about his commandments. I want to know more about His his word because in his word, that is the heartbeat of God I want to reach you know if we want to do what really pleases God is win a soul for him that is the heartbeat of God that is the the love of God is to see that his creation uh, uh, giving their life to him but when you love somebody you'll give it all so here's the thing when you really love God with all your heart mind soul and strength it's not hard to obey his commandments when you really get it inside you don't need to just get it up here when you get things up here they can you know you got the knowledge but you got to get it from here into here into the heart and soul so that it will not leave you you got to keep it burning you got to keep that fire burning You've got to keep that love strong. I thank the Lord for, for all that he's done for me. I thank the Lord for all the experiences that I've ever had in his presence. Those times in prayer where God touched my life and I felt his spirit and I felt the glory of God come down in that prayer time, that prayer meeting, those times I worshipped God and I felt the glory of God come down in a service and and I've seen people's lives touched and I've seen people healed and i received my own healings in my own life and I I, I thank the Lord for all of those experiences. I live for God not because someone tells me you must do it or forces me to do it or twists my arm behind my back or, or, or whatever. I live for God because I love him and when you love him it's not hard to obey him and his word amen it's not hard to obey him he's a wonderful God as I've said many times to different people and probably even from this pulpit if I had hand picked a God went through the Christmas list christmas book of of gods the wish list and i i remember as a child my 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 mom would give us a sears catalog it was the wish list and we go through the book and go through the toys and all these different things and the footballs and the baseball gloves and the and the the, the, the toys that were in there Um you know, it was the, the, the race car tracks, the Hot Wheels, the pitchback. Remember all those pitchbacks? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things in there that we just would take an ink pen and just kind of check it off, check it off, put it on the list, put it on a piece of paper. And here, Mom, front and back, here's the list. Here's the list. If I had been able to go through the wish list and pick out everything that the Lord, that I wanted in a God, I couldn't have got it as good as what it is. The Lord is so much greater than what I could have ever chosen. So much greater. He is a God that loves. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He is a God of judgment. He's a God that cares. He's a God that cares. So when he was asked the question, okay, of all these commandments, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said this. First of all commandments, Jesus said, it is the first commandment in regard to age before Adam and Eve had any other command. They were commanded to love the Lord their God who created them. And it is the first commandment in regard to priority. Every other act of obedience is empty if we do not love God first. We can go through the motions, but if we don't love God first, it's all in vain. It's all in vain. Everything we do, it's just in vain. If we don't love God first and love His, the things that he loves first, To love him with all, to love one's neighbor as oneself, and it was even said by the scribe is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices altogether. Is to love God with everything and to love our neighbor. So the scribe's response to Jesus was right on the mark. It's easy to think that religious ceremony. And devotion are more important than love for God and our neighbor. Sometimes people will put certain devotions before loving God. It comes down to everything has got to be born out of our love for the Lord. If we love God, we're going to love our neighbor. If we love God, we're going to love our brothers and sisters. If we love God, we're going to love his word. We're going to love his church. We're going to love uh, uh, the spirit, the, the, the worship unto the Lord. We're going to love everything about him. It starts in here and flows out of us. A thousand empty burnt offerings do not mean more to God than a single act of love done in his name. It all is born out of love. When I love him, I will obey his commandments. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Let me read that again. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Verse 12 says, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us if we love one another. One of the biggest uh, struggles for a church is when people don't love each other. When there's division. When people don't love each other. Divided. And, and thank God that our church is not divided. We love one another. And that is a strength to the move of God in a church. But I've seen, I've seen churches that have had division and people didn't love each other. Some of them wouldn't even sit on the same pew or even in the same area of certain people. I would say that their love is not perfected. I would say there's a problem there in loving God first. You see, what is produced out of, out of our love Comes forth in a, in a manner that, that brings us to a point of loving other people. Amen. You know, when we deal with the sin issue, I, I know a lot of times, uh, well, the scripture says we need to love one another, love God, love one another. But I've seen people take love to the point where they've, they've destroyed people with love. We must love souls, there's no doubt. But we don't love sin. And, and sometimes people will use love that I've got to love them, but I love what they do. That doesn't mean that you have to love what they do. Here's the thing. We love people, but we don't love the sin that is destroying the people we love. It's just as simple as that. We don't love sin, but here's the thing. We don't destroy people. Some might say if we love someone, we will love and condone their sin for the sake of making them feel loved. No, that's not how it happens. We love them and we're patient with them and we're, we're there for them and helping them and praying for them and strengthening them and guiding them and letting them know, we love you, God loves you. I do understand that love, love does win But I think it's taken to a point where sometimes even churches have destroyed people by not teaching and preaching truth, all love. But I also believe that you can destroy people with all truth and no love. But the Bible bears that out, truth and love. 1 John uh, 5, 2, and 3 says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. Let me, let me read that again, verse two. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Verse three says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous, not grievous, not grievous. We need to love people. And we need to, the Bible says if we love the Lord, we're going to obey his commandments. But we don't need to make the commandments grievous. We need to enjoy obeying the commandments of God. It is a joy. It's a joy to live for the Lord. When we obey his commandments, it is a joy to serve him and walk with him and live for him. It's a joy to do that. It's not a grievance. It's not a a, a grievous thing. It's not a, a, a heavy weight or burden. Matter of fact, it's not really a sacrifice anymore. When we fall in love with the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, it's not even a sacrifice anymore to be able to obey his commandments and walk in his ways. Yeah, we do have to tame the flesh at times, but we do reach people through our patience, through mercy, through prayer, through standing for truth in God's word with truth and love. Truth and love speaks volumes to people around us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 says, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. First of all, when we love God, we need to fall in love with his word and his commandments. Can I hear an amen? We need to fall in love with his commandments, his word. When we love him, that's what he wants us to do, to walk in his commandments. So because the reason why people would walk and, and perish in unrighteousness because they receive not the love of the truth. They didn't fall in love with the truth that they might be saved. Second John 1 and 3 says, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, Son of the Father, in truth and love. In truth and love and love. You know that the Bible and these commandments that the Lord gave the scribe that day, which he also gave them to us, um, you know, there's scriptures in the Bible that say that this love that the Lord's talking about, it fulfills the law. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love, love. Loving your neighbor as thyself. If people would treat others with love and love their neighbor as they would love themselves, what a world this would be. What a beautiful world this would be. But it fulfills the law because if I love my neighbor, I'm not going to steal from them. If I love my neighbor, I'm going to not murder them. If I love my neighbor, I'm not going to hurt them. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to deceive them. If I really do love my neighbor as myself, it fulfills all the law. Jesus said that the great commandment Romans 13:8 9 and 10 says, "O no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this and here goes what I was talking about, how that love fulfills the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery." If you, love, if you love others as you love yourself, you're not going to commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10 says, and completes it here, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love fulfills the law. So when Jesus was saying, okay, he was asked the question, what's the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all and love your neighbor as yourself because it brought all of the commandments together and put them in one big clump of law and it summed up And if you have a true love for God and you have a true love for other people, you're going to obey the commandments of God. And then to finish this lesson tonight off, uh, the Bible also says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's found in John 14 and 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me. This is, this is what the Lord's saying. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you're going to obey the commandments that I have given you. If you love me, you're going to walk in holiness. If you love me, you're going to live a life that is pleasing to God. Because that's what he wants. He wants us to walk in righteousness and in holiness. That's what he wants. He doesn't want us to trip other people up. He doesn't want us to uh, tempt others to sin. He, He doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to disobey things in his word that is going to destroy us. God hates sin. You know the reason why he hates sin? Going back to the thing I said earlier, he hates sin because sin is the thing that's killing the people that he loves most. And that's us. That's us. So I'm going to read one more time the scripture in Matthew 22, 35 and through 40. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying... Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets it's all hung on the commandments that he just said to love God love our neighbor so I guess what we have to do not guess but really this is what we have to do we got to really work on our love for God We've got to really work on our love for God. Not just let it be a surface love. Let our love for God go to a deeper level in him than we've ever had. You know what it's like to really love somebody. You know what it's like when you really are so connected in your heart, your soul, your life in love with them and you know they call it head over heels in love we need to be head over heels in love with Jesus and when that happens and i know that we we love him we love him this congregation you love god but we got to constantly keep it strong that love for the lord constantly talk to the lord in prayer constantly worship him and praise him and love him and let him know how much you care about the things that he cares about and you also uh, as I've said before I I know uh, my wife uh, there's times I'd say I love you and she say uh, she would say to me that uh, you know actions speak louder than words and that's when I stood on my head I guess what this is what it's going to take for me to really prove that I love you I can't do that today, so she's going to have to trust that I love her. I tried to get on my head and stand on my uh, stand on my head, and it doesn't work now. I'm t- it just about <laughs> broke my neck. She's just going to have to trust me now. I can't do that anymore. But you know, when you really love somebody, you're head over heels in love with them. Thank God for our love for him because he is head over heels in love with us. He is so in love with us. If you could only understand how much love he has for us and for the people of this world, how much he loves them. Even the most ranked sinner in this world, he loves them with everything. Everything. He loves us and we love him. We love him. Prodigals. He loves the prodigals. The Bible even says he would leave the ninety and nine and go after the one sheep that's lost that proves his love for the prodigals. Why should we be any different if we're going to be like Christ? Why should we be any different? Reaching, loving, caring, concerned, praying, seeking God for the souls, for the prodigals. Amen. Amen. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's stand. We wanted to know what the greatest commandment was. That's what Jesus said it was. It's right there in the word of God. Amen. Amen. I'd like for us to to end this service today by just lifting our hearts to the Lord and just telling him how much we love him. Can we do that right now? Let's just end here tonight just by telling him how much we love him. Lord Jesus.